Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Girl Power Hour. It is Wednesday, one eleven, and so keep your thoughts positive today. I don't know if you follow any angel numbers or believe in that, but I certainly do. And Elizabeth Harbin, as you all know, uh, the psychic intuitive medium that we have on once a month, discusses angel numbers quite a bit. If you're not familiar, let me just let you know that 111 is a powerful number. Uh, Of course, all numbers are powerful, but this particular one is a number of manifestation. And as such, it's a message from your angels to be very aware of your persistent thoughts and ideas as they manifest quickly into reality. Now, that particular exact quote um, I, I am a follower of um, Joanne Sacred Scribes. You can go to uh, sacredscribesangelnumbers.blogspot and get any angel number you wish, but that particular one is from that. But I will tell you, it's always important to keep be mindful of your thoughts, but certainly today as we're moving into a new year and we have a whole fresh new slate in front of us and so much energy uh, surrounding so many various things happening in our world right now, And, of course, we're all trying to raise our vibration, raise our thoughts, raise our spirit, and heal our hearts. So today, 111, keep your thoughts positive. I have a very special guest on the show today. I know you're all aware and you've all been very excited about it, as have I. Before I get to her, I want to make a quick announcement, a few actually. One, I am, as you all know, an artist as well, and I have a piece. Uh, being featured, I'm very grateful and honored about this, uh, to have a piece featured in the Nasty Women exhibition here locally in West Texas. If you are local anywhere in West Texas or uh, in the Lubbock area, you can attend this event this Saturday. It's at the Satellite Gallery, which is across from LUCA, the Louise uh, Hopkins Underwood Center for the Arts, and it will be uh, Saturday 6 to 9 p.m. The exact address is 1108 5th and I will be there from about 6 to 8, 8.30. I'm going to leave a little bit early because I do have um, plans that evening or later that night. But I hope that you will all attend. There are so many amazing artists uh, that are going to be exhibited there and just great energy, uh, women gathering together. Of course, anyone is welcome, but all these artists um, happen to be women, um, and, and there will be um, lots of refreshments and goodies to purchase and uh, all the money that's purchased or all the money that's used to purchase art or any of the hats or T-shirts or buttons that are available is going to go to um, the Women's Protective Services here in West Texas. And so if you are interested and you are free, please drop by Saturday 6 to 9 p.m. So I want to remind everyone, I will have another Tea Time with Skylar Liberty Rose coming up on January 25th. Make sure you tune in for that. That's uh, 3 p.m. Central again, January 25th. And I'll have more information for you, more announcements coming next week. But I don't want to spend any more time talking about anything else because I have a great opportunity for you guys today to tune in and hear some really amazing information. And I've already had the pleasure of speaking with our guest today, Valerie Green. She's a relationship coach, and we were speaking prior to the show, and I'm already just so impressed with everything that she has to say, so I'm excited myself just to hear all the information she has for us. Um, I want to give you a little quick bio on Valerie. 
Valerie Green is a unique relationship mentor who helps women to inspire their men to fulfill their deepest needs and desires. A highly successful alternative to relationship therapy, she helps women and couples create deep emotional intimacy, not just problem-solving or communication skills. She shared her free e-guide with thousands of women called Manifest Lasting Love, and you can download yours to activate the one simple secret that will draw a man closer and inspire his love, adoration, and devotion, no matter where your relationship is now. You can do that at www.coachvaleriegreen, that's V-A-L-E-R-I-E, green, G-R-E-E-N-E, dot com, backslash e-guide. You can get your free one there. Welcome to the show, Valerie. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful introduction, and your um, your other work sounds amazing, too. I wish I was in West Texas, although I'm in New York City, so I wish you the best <laughs> with that, but I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you. So that sounds really fun and awesome and amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be great. I'm really excited about it. I wish you were here, too. I would love for you to be able to come. It would be a great opportunity to actually meet you in person. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a great time, and I do hope everyone listening that is local will attend because it's it's certainly needed, and it's just a great opportunity, to, like I said, to get together and, you know, experience good community with a lot of great energy. I I dropped off art, just FYI, to everyone out there a couple of days ago, and I can't tell you how uplifting the energy was. And so anytime I find a place mm-hmm. with vibrations high, I totally recommend it. So anybody, you know, mm-hmm. want to pop in, it's great stuff. But anyway, to, to what mm-hmm. you have to offer us today, my goodness, I'm just so excited to have you on. I cannot say that enough. And, and I want to let the listeners know you're going to be talking to us today about three mistakes successful women make that repel love and, and then giving us a simple formula to have the relationship of our dreams. Um, that's exciting. That's a lot, of, a, a lot of stuff there. So I want to jump to that <laughs> really quickly. Well, first of all, thank you so much. How yeah. did you get to be a relationship? Oh yeah, sure. How did you get to be a relationship coach for women? And where, where did that start? How does how did you do that? What what exactly does one have to do to become a relationship coach for women? Yes, exactly. I mean, um, so I've been coaching for about 15 years. I started out as a health coach, actually, um, and but I've always been fascinated with relationships. And since the beginning of my coaching career. Um, clients would come to me because, you know, they wanted to change their lifestyle, but it was always the blocks in their relationship that were keeping them stuck. Um, And of course, it was just my passion. So in my 20s, I'm now almost 40. um, I attracted relationships with men where I, um, I was scared of being controlled because I felt controlled as a kid. So I would attract men that were Mm -hmm. more, you know, easygoing, um, and they didn't mind mm-hmm. me making the plans and the rules and kind of generally managing the household. But then, of course, I'd eventually feel overburdened. And then I would start telling him what to do, like, you know, telling him how to do the chores or how to manage his time, you know. And then eventually he'd pull away more and and act, you know, more distant. And then I'd get more demanding and we got caught in the cycle. This was like a pattern because most of us get caught in patterns, right, where I was like, I was right. more needy and demanding. He was withdrawing more, and that's what I see with a lot of women. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that really started me on a transformational journey on how to have a truly connected and fulfilling relationship, which took years of trial and error uh, in my own relationships. And I studied with many different relationship experts, and I did, like, five different coaching trainings, and I actually did the emotionally focused therapy training uh, with Susan Johnson, mm-hmm. which is about uh, relationships and how we get caught in these patterns and the real key to getting out of them. 
And through all, you know, although each one of these experts only had a piece of the puzzle uh, for me. So I basically created my own system, which was originally just to get me out of the rut I was in and my own relationships. Um, and, right. you know, I, I really learned how to process through my emotions and relate to all my different parts uh, using all these emotional healing tools that I learned. Um, and, you know, I've created a process that I call emotional alchemy on really how to transform your emotions into deeper needs and desires that you can communicate and inspire men. And, and it worked. And so now my love life is fabulous. And I just pinch myself on a daily basis for all of the Mm. love and adoration and support and, you know, commitment that my partner has to meeting my needs and, you know, making me happy. Um, So I just, you know, have been developing this program over the years and I have a program, a coaching program that I call the man fest lasting love uh, program. And when I shared it with my clients, they also had breakthroughs in their intimacy. So I knew I had to get the system out to more people so that every woman can have the loving relationship with both herself and with her man that she deserves. And so that's why I am here sharing this. I love this. And you're speaking uh, directly to me, let me just let you know. <laughs> I, I always, uh, you know, my <laughs> listeners know that, that there's times when I'm an expert on things and there's times when I'm the client. And this is one of those times because uh, this situation is one that speaks directly to me. I know exactly where you're coming from on the idea of being controlled as a kid or feeling like I wasn't even really actually nurtured enough. And so, you know, becoming mm. extremely independent, getting in that exact same pattern that you're discussing And just having that situation repeat and repeat and repeat. And even though, uh, you know, I've been through my own counseling and done that for like years and uh, certainly did my personal growth and grieving and all of that stuff, but it still never really was able to, you know, transfer that over to the, you know, intimate relationships. And so I am so excited about this and all this information. Um, Yes, that's right. Ask me whatever questions you want. (laughs) Yeah, I truly want to understand, um, you know, when you talk about the, um, I guess, the formulation that you came up with, emotional alchemy, and I know we're probably going to get to this and I'll probably end up asking you again, but um, what is it exactly, what, I mean, what is that exactly? What, what is it that you are exactly asking, you know, people to do when they're, because you said you, you came up with this formula, like basically, and I love love that name emotional alchemy as alchemy is something i'm stuck on right now so i just absolutely love it it speaks to me personally mm, but awesome. explain that a little bit what is, what is that explain it a little bit yeah no problem um it's a term that i just uh came up with with my own practice because um i basically you know there's uh there's not a lot of education that we have uh, around how to feel our feelings right in our culture Right. Um, in fact, we're sort right. of encouraged not to feel our feelings. Um, so it's a process right. I created out of my own strong emotions when I was um, actually going through my last big breakup that really helped me to transform my feelings of resentment and guilt and anger into deeper self-love and self-compassion um, and alchemize those feelings into a deeper clarity about my deepest needs and desires and then the motivation to focus on both creating them in my own life and then also like how to communicate those desires to a man in a way that's inspiring to him. 
Um, and so right. uh, I created that when I was in the depth of despair of my last breakup. Um, but then when I use them in my current relationship, I've been with my current partner for several years. It's amazing, you know, because usually we only have two ways that we've been taught in our culture to deal with emotions, right? Um, mm-hmm. We either like express them and, you know, usually by either yelling or being aggravated or, you know, just sort of giving someone a piece of our mind um, or in sort mm-hmm. of telling him what to do. Um, right. And, and that usually uh, for a man will be overwhelming because what men really need is the attitude of collaboration when we're sharing what we want, mm-hmm. we, uh, which is, you know, one of the things that I love talking about is like the difference between a collaboration, which means that you're sharing your desires in a way where you're open to creating what to do together rather than telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but right. so that's the one way, you know, that we've been taught how to deal with our feelings is just to express them in a controlling way. It's sort of like control or be controlled, right, which is definitely the paradigm that I um, experienced growing up. And then the second way is to sort of pretend like everything's fine, right, and, you know, kind of push our emotions under the carpet and just focus on what we want instead, but by suppressing our emotions, which I know I certainly have done a lot of as well. So um, emotional alchemy is kind of a third option. Um, It's about really being with emotions with a full presence and kind of um, making a slight disidentification with the part of you that's upset. It's a part of you, not all of you. So with Mm -hmm. that distinction, we can be fully present with the feeling and hear what the unmet needs are, hear the message underneath. And then get deeper clarity around what that deeper need is. So it's like, you know, for example, um, I can share an example about, you know, something that recently happened with my partner, if you want an example of it. Sure. Um, Yeah, so like I said, I've been with my partner for a few years. Um, A few months ago, he went on a long trip. And, you know, we spent time beforehand um, anticipating what that might be like for us and how often we were going to be in contact. Um, but there was particularly one week of the trip where he he didn't have any time for me, and he thought he would, but, like, he just, you know, got pulled into other obligations. So I was feeling abandoned, and I really missed the collaboration we share because we, like, merge, you know, we share our calendars and our schedules, and we're really creating our life together. Um, so that was fine yeah. for, like, the first, you know, the first few days it was fine, but then I really was feeling abandoned and angry and frustrated and lonely. And, you know, and I was also feeling scared that I was being too needy Um, and the feelings were so intense. And so I went through this process often during that week that he was not in contact with me. So, you know, because it was unanticipated. It was sort of like, ah, I'm all by myself. Right. Um, So using this process, (laughs) I was able to, you know, (laughs) I mean, you know, whatever. It's like, we don't know how we're going to feel when we're there, right? So using this process, I was able to soothe my own feelings of loneliness and abandonment. Um, So it's really about learning how to feel our feelings as sensations in our body. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, like, is it hot or cold? Is it expansive or contractive? Like, where do I feel it? And giving myself soothing and compassion and listening to the voice of that part of me that's like, you know, hey, he doesn't care about me or whatever that voice is saying, like not thinking that's me. (laughs) Um, So it's kind of like parts work. 
Um, because, you know, the, that right. part of us just wants to express itself. But instead of expressing that outwardly to him, <laughs> I was able to really hear what that part of me had to say to, to me. Um, and then once I sort of I had that. that catharsis, you know, right, and, like, I journaled about it, and, you know, I would talk to girlfriends about it, and, you know, um, but it's really about learning how to be with that part, not thinking that's all of me, and it can, and it's about then connecting to my higher self, you know, and however it is that people perceive of their higher self, um, whether that's God or a higher power or whether that's just the part right. of you that's an adult and has more wisdom and resources, you know, then usually the part of you that's upset is, like, kind of expect, uh, expressing itself as, like, a younger energy, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, like, learning how to, I mean, some people call this reparenting or, you know, whatever you call it, yeah. like child work, but I don't need to call mm-hmm. it that. It's just about kind of having a dialogue between the the part of me that's wise and connected to love and compassion to give that part of me what that part needs to calm down um and then i can visualize um what it would be like to have that need met so um then i went into sort of an appreciation of and then it's sort of like a longing or a missing of all of the wonderful things and an appreciation of all the wonderful things he does for me when we are connected um and what it's like when he collaborates with me and what it's like when he is giving me attention and affection and partnership and and so that's the alchemy because then I can really get into a state. Of course, it has to be trusting that he wants to meet my needs, which is an important key right. that I think, you know, that's a, there's a lot of beliefs around trusting other people or asking for what we need that I help people work through mm-hmm. in this process because then it's really about mm-hmm. challenging those beliefs in a really loving way. Thankfully, with him, we have that trust. So. Then when when we did talk, I was able to share with him instead of making him wrong, you know, because he wasn't in touch with me. um, I was able to share, you know, how sad I was because I was missing all and and it it gave me a deeper appreciation of of all the things he does provide for me when he is in touch. Because, you know, it's not till you lose Mm -hmm. something that you really appreciate it. So so then I -hmm. could like... (laughs) Exactly. So then I can make a request, which is the last part of the process is like from this higher part of you, can you make a request for, you know, because it's, it's, it helps to meet your own needs or to source them from other sources. But as I'm sure you heard, we, we do have what's called attachment needs in relationship and romantic relationships that, you know, you, you have needs that you only can get from your partner, like, you know, try, you know, kissing yourself on the lips right now. Like, how <laughs> satisfying is that? <laughs> hmm, not so much, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's like, but but the difference between alchemizing the emotion and just kind of spewing it um, is that after I alchemized it, I'm able to communicate it to him as a request, you know, like, hey, you know, how can we make sure that in the future we collaborate more when this happens so that I don't feel abandoned while it's happening? You know, um, even though I know that you didn't have it under your control and, you know, I'm not making you wrong for what happened, but like, how can we do this better in the future kind of thing? And that way I'm just sharing with him because this is another key thing about men that men need to feel like they're being appreciated for what they're providing 
and and they actually right. need to be needed in a really healthy way. Um, so the difference mm-hmm. between like being needed in a healthy way and being needed in an unhealthy way is if I got so, you know, angry during this process that I did something destructive, um, that would mm-hmm. be an unhealthy version of the need, <laughs> you know, like, right. uh, or if I did something really hurtful to him or got mad at him. Right. Um, because it's like the truth is that we can meet all of our own needs to the point that we're surviving, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, in, in terms of obviously like we're in an interconnected web in right. the planet where like we need people to grow our food and all that stuff. I mean, obviously we need sure, people on that yeah. level, but we're able to source our emotional needs hopefully from our higher self and from our friends and family and community such that when we express our needs to our partner, it's in a more collaborative way. Like, here's what I need. Um, how could that work for you? What do you need in order to want to provide that for me? Or is there some other way you can think of that would meet that need for me? So that's what it means to be collaborative. So then I was able to voice it to him like that, having gone through this process. And then when he, when he got home, um, he, we actually kind of brainstormed about like how we would do regular check-ins more um, to see like how we're collaborating and, you know, how he could, because I think that was um, the most hurtful part of that week for me was that we are collaborating on a lot of things in our lives. Like we're merging how we run our lives together, you know, and I felt like then I had to make all the decisions myself, which is fine. But like, um, I, I kind of that week I felt a little abandoned in that process. So when, when we got home, we kind of brain, when he got home, we brainstormed, you know, how we would collaborate better in the future and, you know, how we can kind of integrate the way we do things even more because he saw how important that need was to me and he felt needed in a healthy way. So that's kind of the emotional alchemy process. And I break it down into actually seven steps. I just kind of described all of them together. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice number. (laughs) Well, okay, so and here's the part I'm going to jump in and say, because I know that there are listeners out there, and I know whenever I was first reading your information, it was the one voice I had to kind of not silence because I I let her speak, but I had to kind of have a chat with. Uh, because <laughs> Great. I know there are listeners out there thinking, okay, you know, we've been through uh, centuries of oppression, right, as women, uh, and many have been oppressed, abused, silenced by men. Um, and as such, yeah. a lot of times those of us who have, when we walk through like a grocery store and we're in the supermarket line and we look over at a magazine that's like, how to make your man happy or whatever, you know, we're like, mm-hmm. oh, are you kidding me? You know, that's the first thought we have is like, I mean, we've been doing nothing but serving men forever. We don't want that. So I know oftentimes what we forget is that feminism is not about superiority. It is not about wiping off the need for uh, men on the planet. It is about equality and it is about mm-hmm. um, empowering women and men because men are hurt by sexism too, and we know that. As you know, in feminism, when you study actual feminism and you get an understanding of it, you know that um, feminism works to heal men too, and to, and works against what society has done 
to damage them and insult them and oppress them in ways, and, and certainly not in the ways that we experience, but in terms of releasing their emotions, um, even being able to be who they are um, and to, yeah, to feel safe to be who they are and to feel safe to, you know, abstain from sex if they wish to. I mean, all of the things that they're up against, there's a great deal of it we don't understand as women, and we do when we study feminism start to recognize that. So when it comes to this situation, I just want to make sure that, you know, we reiterate, and, and I know that, I know because I've read your stuff, and so I'm already aware of this, but for the listeners, I want to make sure that everybody is hearing that it's not about, um, you know, you, you always have to consider your needs, of course, but you also have to remember that you're considering your partner's needs as well, that it's, it can't always just be all about you. And I love that you say that because I myself, um, you know, have been in situations where I'm like, oh, no, you're not going to tell me that because I'm not a submissive woman. And, you know, and then you, when you get take on that uh, attitude and that reaction, going to shut somebody down, you know, because then it becomes like a power play, you know, and it, it becomes about right. ego. And I, and I love what you're, what you're talking about to me, even though I know you don't put the terms on it, but the inner child work is most definitely there. A lot of that abandonment stuff coming up for, I know for me personally, from just childhood experiences and for, for many women for the same reason. And then also the fact that it's really about um, love, a love reaction versus a fear reaction because the fear reaction is so destructive. And so Mm -hmm. I love that. But yeah, I just kind of want to make sure that, um, you know, you kind of, I guess, give me your feedback on that or your take on, I know women have asked you before. So I know that. Oh, sure. No, of course. This is, is this sexist or actually even one of the questions I gave you. Yeah. Because um, I think there's Mm -hmm. a, what I do is, I mean, one of the mistakes um, that I see women making is is operating from, because I think feminism is wonderful. It's just that what's happened with the feminist movement, I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened, but it's sort of, because um, equality is, is, is wonderful. I mean, that's the baseline, right? We're, we're coming sure. from equality. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a given. And um, there are the opposite poles of masculine feminine energy, and it's the right. feminine energy that's been suppressed in our culture, both in women and men, and both and women men, and men yeah. suffer from that, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, men need access to their own feminine energy, too. Otherwise, they need to get all their femininity from a woman, and that makes them codependent. Right. Um, right. And that's, so oh, that's a little great. bit into, like, what masculine feminine energy is and then and just to make sure that I'm you know backing up what you said that it's not about being subservient or serving men to the exclusion of what we need and desire um it's really so mass I'll just go into kind of you know you might be wondering what is masculine energy what is feminine energy I'm not sure how much time we have either. Um, how much time do we have so I know because um, <laughs> I could talk about this forever. Over half of, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. We have a little over half an hour. And, see, we're going to have to have you back on for this very reason. We're not going to be able to touch everything today, and I'm certain that everyone will want to hear more. So a little over half an hour. Oh, perfect. No, I mean, it's great. I could talk about this for hours. Um, But, yeah, so masculine (laughs) energy, like, because both men and women have both masculine and feminine energy. They're they're different parts of us that make us whole. Um, So, um, basically, women have masculine energy, men have feminine energy, but 
just the way that testosterone and estrogen react in the body kind of encourages one polarity for most people and the other polarity for, you know, other people. Um, so because mm-hmm. men have, you know, 10 to 20 times the amount of testosterone that women do. Um, and that just encourages most men to be more in their masculine. So masculine energy is basically it's strategizing, it's planning, it's making decisions, it's accomplishing goals, it's analyzing, it's solving problems, and it's providing. So that's basically what masculine energy is. And so you can see that as oh. empowered women, we need to be in our masculine when we're getting, you know, accomplishing things. Like sure. that's healthy for us um and that's a big part of what uh the feminist movement enabled us to do is to be able to express that part of ourselves just as well as men can um because we have that capability and that's that's wonderful um i actually think the second part of the feminist movement is about men being able to express in a balanced way when they want to their feminine energy because that's really been suppressed in men and I don't mean like being a transvestite you know although I think that's fine if men want to do that but um, what I mean is that the feminine energy is about feeling feeling your emotions it's about receiving and feeling you know joyful in receiving instead of guilty um, and being receptive um, it's about your intuition. It's about being able to just be that kind of presence that we were talking about. Um, I think mm-hmm. maybe before the interview, like bringing presence, like that's a feminine embracing kind of energy. Um, it's about collaboration. And it's the spiritual practice of surrender, meaning that we're not surrendering to the man, but we're surrendering to, you know, whatever higher part of us that we feel is, has wisdom and, you know, is really expressing love, like you said, that we're able to open up and surrender to that part of us um, that's a feminine kind of energy. And so as you can see, those, those things have been suppressed in our culture, not just in, in men, although I think, you know, it's, right. it's traditionally been more okay for women to have those things. But, I mean, I think that, you know, it's also important for men to have those things. Um, but basically sure. what, what creates the, at least the, what I've noticed is that what creates passion between a man and a woman is when, or between same-sex partners, is that if one partner is in their masculine energy and the other partner is in their feminine energy, that creates kind of um, a polarity and, and a passion. You know, that's what actually creates uh-huh. the passion, um, sort of like two poles of, of energy running in a battery. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, like think waltzing across the ballroom with, uh, with your partner and if he's a man and, you know, and he's masculine and you're in your feminine, he's going to lead and you follow, but you're also influencing. You're not going to want to dance with a partner that's leading and he's not sensitive to what you're experiencing, right? You're not going to want to feel controlled and have him lead you where he wants to lead you. That doesn't feel good to you, (laughs) right? So, but it's like a, a man who actually is sensitive and, and present can still be in his masculine, but if he is, um, like the job of a really awakened masculine partner is to really be sensitive to your experience and how you're expressing yourself in that dance, because based on how you're expressing yourself and, you know, like a really good dance leader is going to be able to lead in a way that feels good to the follower because he's 
feeling you and how you're expressing yourself and he's choosing to lead in a way that feels good for you. So it's like actually your the way that you follow, the way you express yourself, the way you're moving influences him and how he's leading. And it's like a collaboration. So that's like what makes a dance really beautiful. Um, wow. So basically, love that analogy. you know, yeah, I know. I mean, I, that's why I love partner dancing. <laughs> um, Cause it's just, yeah. I can totally be in my feminine, you know, when I'm like following, but you know, it's, the follower's job to really be present enough to kind of influence the leader, (laughs) you know, right. Um, But not to like compete with him. So it's a really great analogy of like, you know, do I, do I slip into trying to lead the leader when I'm dancing? It's like a great way to kind of stay in my feminine energy. Um, So, I mean, the, the point here is that um, if you want to be with a man who's ambitious, who's a good leader and, who wants to be romantic and make the plans, um, then we need to learn how to be in our feminine energy in an empowered way, which really means inspiring him to have more of these masculine qualities, which, which means that we embrace our sensuality. We embrace our feelings. We're able to advocate for what we want and need. It's not like we're being passive. Um, so, so what I mean by that is that, um, because like so this is uh, bringing it back to what you said a minute ago which is that there's a misconception about the feminine being passive or subservient um, right so because that's not what it's about at all feminine energy is really about collaboration um, so it's not about sacrificing what we want and doing what he wants um, it's about really learning how to express what we want in a way that's collaborative Um so that means really honoring and being comfortable feeling your feelings instead of controlling your feelings um, or just, you know, expressing your feelings in a way that could be hurtful. Um, and it means letting him, um, letting yourself be seen in the depths of your emotions, like really expressing your feelings in a way that doesn't make him wrong, but that lets him be touched and moved by the beauty of your feelings and really expressing what makes you happy so that he has a chance, you know, to step up and, and do what makes you happy. And it's like, it's sort of like he'll do something and then the masculine partner will do something and the feminine partner will either express her pleasure or displeasure in it, but without making him wrong. And it's like, right. if he's a, a good man, then he'll want to move in the direction that makes her happy. If, if he's, got other intentions let's say he's manipulative or narcissistic or whatever he won't and that's how we can tell in the beginning of a relationship if a man is really able to meet our needs so I I give different advice to women that are just dating than I do to women in long-term relationships you know that that have deeper commitments because it's like you you don't want to make him wrong but you want to be able to express what you like what you don't like what you want what you don't want create boundaries um, right. but just in a way that's not telling him what to do and that's not making him wrong for what he did. Um, like most of what we do when we express our feelings, <laughs> at least for me, what I used to do was make him wrong and tell him what to do instead. And, um, most women don't understand like how destructive that is to a man's romantic feelings. Right. And let me jump in really quickly and say, okay, first of all, let me speak to that, that point because I love that, um, because I know a lot of times we have all 
uh, women who have done this have experienced the response of, and it may not necessarily be in this wording, but it comes across as you're not my mother, you know, because that's how they start to kind of see more of a mother <laughs> figure than a romantic partner. And I think that leads to a lot of problems because then, you know, uh, they're, they do feel like they're in a, in a mother son situation and there is no, that's not passionate at all. Like that's not, that's not at all. No, that really... or aroused or anything. Um, unless there's some really, and I think that's there, right. and that's a whole different story. But <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's definitely what happened in my relationships in my 20s. I didn't even know what was happening. But yeah, I mean, men will just they might even know what's happening. They'll just feel like they're not attracted to you anymore because you know you remind them then of their mother. Um, and right. if he he loves you, he might not leave, but he'll sort of you know, like stop doing as much for you and kind of uh, withdraw more into other things that he wants to do, like his work or hang out with his buddies. Cause like he'll just feel like he doesn't want to be around you, but he won't know why. Um, right. So that's what I see happening in a lot of relationships. And that actually causes that um, sort of uh, negative downward spiral that I was talking about where like the more he withdraws, sure. the more you get angry because you know, he's supposed to be there for you. Your needs but then the more met, you get angry, yeah, exactly. the more he feels mothered and controlled and the more he withdraws. And so it's kind of this cycle that a lot of couples get caught in that I certainly have been in in the past. And so the way out of the cycle is to learn how to really alchemize our feelings and express them in a way that doesn't make him wrong, uh, but still invites him into a deeper intimacy because intimacy is into me see, as I like to call it. Um, oh. And, you know, that really just allows him to see what it is that you're experiencing. And the collaborative paradigm is, you know, because once we can cultivate that self-awareness of what's going on with us, with that presence that I talked about when I talked about emotional alchemy, then I could have presence with what I need, but then I could also have presence with whatever he needs and, and kind of hold this, you know, powerful belief that we can have both, that he can have what he needs and I can have what I need, you know? So if that's right. the mindset shift that I, that I really hold for women, because um, I think that is the, the the mindset shift that most men are looking for in a partner that they don't even know they're looking for. But this is definitely mm-hmm. what inspires a man to step up and make a deeper commitment is if he feels seen and heard and understood for who he is and who he wants to be and what his needs are. Um, and, of course, with a woman who's not backing down about what her needs are, you know, who's not going to just be a wallflower or like a doormat that's going to let him get his needs met at the expense of hers because, mm-hmm. you know, a strong, feminine, powerful woman is able to advocate for her own needs too, but in a way that's collaborative. So I can go more into what collaboration means to me if you want me to. <laughs> yes, and will you also, I, because I do want to make sure that we touch on this, I, and we have just so you know, 20 minutes left in the show, but I just wanted to touch on something because, you know, as you're talking and I'm sure listeners are doing this too. um, You know, I, 
personally, because I was, like I said, went through my own counseling and had my own kind of uh, aha moment with my own communication and the way that I spoke to everyone, not just romantic partners, but even with friends. And so, you know, you learn to use I statements and you learn to express yourself in Mm -hmm. a different way. And I came across, you know, men who, I mean, even though, I mean, of course, this is all about, you know, attracting what I was going through or whatever, but I would come across men who when I would try to speak, you know, with I statements and try to come from a different place, um, I was met with, look, I'm not your client, I'm not a client on the couch. I mean, like, it was almost as if my ability to speak in that more collaborative, I guess, tone was almost intimidating or challenging for the over-masculine, like, that was going on on the other side. Because, like you said earlier, a lot of men, unfortunately, are not able to, you know, because of society, this is, again, what we talk about with feminism and how sexism affects men, but when they're not able to tap into their feminine energy, it, it is uncomfortable for them to sit and have this kind of collaborative discussion. So that said, do you ever have clients or situations where you have to say, okay, you're doing everything you need to do here, but this guy's just not? Um, sure, but I mean, I don't feel like it's uh, my role to assess that he's not capable of what I do in that case. Right. Let's say I've, I've been working with a woman for a few months and she really is doing all the work and her partner isn't capable of changing, you know, in a way that she is not about getting him to change, but he's not willing to collaborate. Um, that I will then guide her to her own self inquiry about whether he's right for her and, I try to be unbiased because that is the coaching paradigm. Like right. I'm never going to say, hey, he just can't step up. You should break up with him. But, of course, I'm guiding yeah. her to her own self-awareness that, <laughs> that, that, he is, that he is who he is and how, what, is the, um, what are the options that she has here? You know, is she more committed to the relationship for whatever reason? If so, how could she get her needs met from other sources? Um, and is that a life she's willing to live or if she really advocates for her romantic vision for the type of relationship she wants to have and he's not able to provide it, is she more committed to to that relationship than she is to him? And if so, what kind of support does she need in order to leave that relationship and, you know, then uh, resource herself on her own and then, you know, get back out there in the dating world again? And how is she going to vet new men for the the qualities that she needs in a partner? So that is a whole process that I do support women in doing if it turns out that he's just not capable. But I find more often than not, um, I mean, I, uh, I, I just, I get curious as to when you were, if you don't mind me asking <laughs> When you were sharing no, I statements, for example, <laughs> with a man on a date, like, because I find that it's more about our attitude and less about the words we say. Um, right. I like, you know, because I can say, like, well, I don't like it when you do that. And, like, and it's it's so about <laughs> our tone of voice, you know. Right. <laughs> or because or it's really just about, like, how comfortable and accepting we are of our and how resourced we are in ourselves um, mm-hmm. that 
Because the thing is, like, when we drop down into our feelings and we're okay with our feelings and we're not judging our feelings and we're really loving our feelings, then it comes out in a way that men love, whether they can be feminine or not, (laughs) you know? Um, Right. Well, and so it's like I just find myself being curious, like, what kinds of I statements you were making and, you know, so I can. Well, and, like, and and, and and let me, and that's a great question because, you know, of course, I mean, I statements can say all kinds of th- I hate you. I mean, like, you can say all kinds of things. Exactly. Starting <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, so in this situation, it was more about actual usage of I statements, you know, in, like, the counseling sense. Like, you know, I feel hurt when this happens or whatever. And so in this particular situation, and I'm, I'm an open book. Everybody that listens to this show knows that, so I'm just going to spill it. But in this particular situation, um, he was going through a, a, a difficult time, like a grieving time, and we had been together for a couple of months, and um, but it was still early on in the relationship, and it was just something that had happened to him that was kind of causing him to go through a little bit of a difficult time, like not a huge life change, but just, you know, having a difficult time with something, mm-hmm. and so... He was, you know, taking that out on me. And, of course, we're all guilty of that. You know, when we go through something, we have a safe person yeah. in our lives. And, unfortunately, we do that, and that's not good. But, you know, we, we, that's what many of us do. It's a human error. So right. I just exactly. was saying, you know, I I don't I, – I think my exact words would have been something along the lines of, you know, I feel hurt when um, I hear you – yelling or you know saying things to me that Mm. I I don't feel that I have done anything you know to deserve this and and how can we um you know work through this and how can you know I help you like with the situation you're going through what do you need from Mm. me Mm -hmm. and and also can you hear that you know I need I need you to to talk to me and not take it out on me like you can lean on me Mm -hmm. but don't take it out on me and again, that resulted in the, I'm not on your couch, I'm not a client. And, you know, of course, I will say, right. sometimes, you know, I'm sure you're aware from your past experiences, too, that when you have an education in a certain field, <laughs> you know, it, and it, it's not like if you're a doctor, that's one thing. If you're a lawyer, that's one thing. I mean, I'm sure they get similar responses, too. But when you have life coaching or, you know, a specialty mm-hmm. in counseling or anything like that, then that's going to have to do with your relationships, every kind of relationship. So friends are going to feel like you're, you know, everything you say is, well, you're trying to counsel me, you know, like no matter what you're trying to say. Right. Exactly. Uh, you're, you know, your intimate partners are going to think that you're, you know, putting them on the couch and it's like, I'm just trying to be human. You know, I'm just trying to be in this relationship. Yeah, right. So I guess in, in, in that situation, and now again, I agree with you that you don't tell somebody, you know, that it's done because in that situation, it could just be that it's a temporary, you know, process that he's going through. It doesn't mean he's completely incapable, but in that moment he is. Um, but it's just, right. I guess my question to you is that are there times, because I know women, uh, if they're anything like me, <laughs> they would go through this. It takes a lot of effort on your part to mm-hmm. sit and, you know, go through these feelings and alchemize them and go through that process, which is a fantastic process, but it's going to take some work and it's going to take some reflection and it, you can't shoot from the hip like you have probably gotten mm-hmm. used to. You're going to have to stop and think and, you know, go through that process a little bit. And when you do that and the person on the other end 
is still just giving you the same. At some point, you're just like, oh, forget it. You know, and you just take the gloves yeah. off. And, just go. and so it, it can be frustrating. So what do you suggest when that happens? I mean, what, what would you say to our listeners that might be, you know, wanting to use this and, of course, wanting to try this? Because if you're going through anything difficult, you know, you certainly want to do your part um, because you can't change another person. Right, exactly. But you have to do your part. So what would you suggest yeah, so, if they are met initially with frustration or, you know, nothing's really changing? Yeah. And thank you so much for, for bringing that up because it, it does make it real. And, um, you know, first of all, I think that, or at least my experiences, and when I've worked with, and I have worked with both men, women, and couples, and it doesn't always work out, you know, and, and sometimes one right. partner is more committed than the other and they wind up breaking up. And that's, I'm not committed that people stay together. I'm committed that they really have the uh, self-awareness that they know what's best for them, you know, and, and that right. they come to that clarity and act on it rather than stay in this limbo of unhappiness, you know. Um, so right. when somebody embarks on this journey of, you know, learning these tools, um, alchemizing our emotions, it needs to be to a higher commitment than I'm just committed to this other person, or even I'm committed to this relationship. Um, I think, and that's, that's a big part of what coaching is about, is about what is, what are my, what am I committed to? Who am I committed to being in my life? You know, what is my life purpose? Like, meaning what am I here on this planet to create? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, what way do I want my relationship to support me in that? You know, and we have kind of hierarchies of needs. I mean, sure, I want, like, fun and play and, you know, adventure with my partner. But is that as important as my needs for you know, supporting each other's life purpose and like really being there when I'm going through something challenging and we just have hierarchies of needs that we have. So it's like, what are we committed to that's higher than this relationship? You know, so like I'm committed to being um, a clear channel for love and wisdom and empowerment and empowering others to, to live true to their highest values And so the point is that, you know, we're not doing this process for him so that we get our needs met from him, although that's what we want. Um, Sure. We're doing this process to be who we want to be because we know that the energy we put out there comes back to us, you know, and we know that every thought we have, every action we take is creative. And how we treat others is, you know, setting the patterns and the habits in ourselves to treat everyone that way. And if we really want to create whatever we want to create in the world, that it's going to require working with others, you know? So it's like everything you do is creating a habit. That's just what we are. We're creatures of habit. So what we do on a daily basis is creating a habit of what we'll do the next day and what we'll do the next day. So it's like whatever, however I express myself with him, however he responds, it's, it's really more important to me how, how I'm being. Um, so that's, right. that's the first, that's sort of the context that I create for people so that they feel empowered no matter what. Um, and then I guess the advice that I would give to people in what to do, you know, when he doesn't meet your needs is different if you're in a committed marriage with somebody than if you're, you know, just dating somebody. 
It really, because what I right. teach is sort of like in the beginning of the relationship, if the man hasn't made an emotional commitment, he's sort of showing you his colors. <laughs> um, right. And he can, you know, respond to you with like a, 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 in kind around the, what it is that you, you know, that he can meet your needs. It's like you have no investment yet. You don't have to spend more time with him. Um, and, you know, it's right. really about women, empowering women not to seek relationships out of, you know, loneliness or just needing somebody or, or wanting exactly. companionship or, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But if there's more of a commitment, if there's been an emotional investment made on both sides, it has to have been on both sides, <laughs> you know, because right. I also right. see a lot of women sort of creating relationships in their head where the guy hasn't stepped up yet. Yeah. And I don't recommend that either. <laughs> I recommend, you know, women really like um, – in the beginning, dating multiple men, but not sleeping with multiple men. But, you know, I have a whole system that I sort of uh, guide women who are single to do, which is to not make more investment emotionally than he's making, you know, because it's kind of up to the guy to show us. He wants to step up, you know, first. Um, Right. But once he has stepped up and once you have made more of a commitment, um, then I, I know that I talk about all these tools, but in my coaching system, I actually have a whole flow chart um, that I teach about how to have this kind of conversation where what to do if he's defensive or he's, you know, dismissive or what, of whatever you said. Yeah, that's so good. So it's like, then it's yeah. about like, you know, figuring out what's going on for him. Like there's a need that he has in that moment that isn't getting met. So for example, like in that moment, I'm not saying you should have said anything different. I'm just kind of wishing on what you said. Um, (laughs) I didn't react well to it. I'll say that. So no, I definitely have my part there. Yeah. Go, go with it. Tell me what I needed to do. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, so I don't know because I would have to kind of ask you more questions about the background and how long you've been dating him, what's going on for him. But if you wanted to get curious about in that moment, what's going on for him that made him say that, you know, that like, I would be like, like, oh, okay, so you want me to be real. Like, okay, fine. Then, <laughs> all right. I I feel hurt in those moments, and, you know, I just want to be present with that. Like, what what's what's going on for you? Like, I really want to know, because, like, I have a boundary here. I doesn't, I don't, you know, I don't care if I'm speaking it like a therapist. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I don't want to be around you. I feel hurt. So, like, what? what's going on for you, you know? And, but like, if then, if he's like, well, I don't know, it's like learning how to kind of be um, curious about what's going on for him. That's like, right. you know, Oh, okay. You're going through this really difficult time. Like, and just kind of, you know, in therapy, it's called a conjecture. Right. But like, you're, <laughs> right. you're, you're guessing what's going on for him. Like, mm-hmm. okay. So you're feeling maxed out right now. And you just need me to be like real and not have my therapist hat on. And you just need to like, sit here and enjoy dinner with me right is that what's going on for you so it's like he's needing more ease or he's needing more you know of it to be more of like a flow and then it's like is this not a good time for this conversation do you want me to bring it up later instead so it's kind of like you're still advocating for your needs but um you're also being aware of of seeing him and accepting him and giving him what he needs and so that's kind right. of the whole flow chart around, I have a whole kind of flow chart around how to have that kind of conversation. And obviously like the words in it or more therapy speak, but um, <laughs> when I teach it to people, I do role plays 
where we kind of work out like what would be a way of saying that that feels, you know, real to you. Cause it's just kind of communicating this idea of like, here's how I'm feeling, you know, here's what I'm wanting. Um, what do you think about that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it doesn't have to be like, you know, therapy speak. And that's actually um, more about the free gift that I'm offering to our listeners um, it's not that com- complicated flowchart, but I do have a, uh, I mean, it's pretty <laughs> simple, but, you know, I, I introduced that when people have been coaching with me for like a few weeks, you know, we kind of lead up to that, but um, I have a simple tool that I call the man effect love conversation. <laughs> and that's basically yes. five steps to share your feelings and needs in a way that inspires him. That's not going to push him away you know, if he is committed to you, um, you know, if, if you're right. in a committed relationship, it might push someone away on a first date, but then, you know, <laughs> you're not at that level of intimacy <laughs> on a first date. But this is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> first date should just be about getting to know each other and, like, I mean, I like to ask questions on a first date, you know, when I was dating, like, sure. you know, what are you passionate about or, like, you know, where do you see yourself in five years or whatever? And they could be like, hey, you're a coach, but it's like, yeah, I'm a coach. Um, if you want to be with me, like, I like to talk about these things, you know, like maybe yes, he's not the one for me if he doesn't want to talk about where he's going to be in five years, you know, but, um, but once you're yeah. in a relationship, this, uh, you know, whether you've been dating for a couple months or whether you're married, this, uh, man, if love conversation is basically a five-step process on how to, share your feelings in a way that doesn't make him wrong, that invites him into uh, a conversation where he, you know, you're, you're, you're inviting him into seeing what it is that you want and, and talking about what he wants. And then, you know, I give really simple examples and it's just a conversation that you can use to inspire him with your feelings anytime. Um, And I explain in a deeper way like why we need to share our feelings and why it, why it's important for us, for men, to hear our feelings because actually, you know, men don't spend a lot of time talking about their feelings. <laughs> and, um, right. Except when they're with a woman, it's like that's one of the main attractive things about a woman to a man if, he, if you know, if we're talking about a heterosexual relationship is that she's comfortable right. feeling and sharing her feelings in an inspiring way, um, you know, in a way right. where where she's like sort of, it's sort of like a tuning fork, you know, how one tuning fork uh, makes another tuning fork vibrate at the same frequency when it's around it. It's like you're sort of helping him tune into you <laughs> in a way that creates deeper intimacy. So that's what my free e-guide is about. And that's the link that you shared in the beginning of the call. It's uh, coachvalerygreen.com yes. forward slash E-guide. Yeah. yeah, let me share that really quickly again. And I know you just said it, but I'm going to state it really quickly again for the for the listeners. And we have like one minute left here, so I just want to wrap up really quick. But I want to let everyone know, um, again, you can get this free gift that Valerie just mentioned, the Man Assessed Lasting Love. Uh, this is an e-guide you can get for free, www.coach.com. Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, green, G-R-E-E-N-E.com, backslash e-guide. You can also go to the Facebook page 
and find that information. I know all the listeners, you know the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash it's girl power half hour because that's what it used to be. Um, but we have Valerie <laughs> oh, back well, on the show. Either. We've already discussed <laughs> having her back on. So, And when we do have her back on, we're going to do a call-in show so that all the listeners out there can call in with your questions. Valerie, I know this has just been – it's gone by so fast, but i got to wrap it up really quickly and let you know I am so grateful for all this information. I know the listeners are as well, but – let me say that even personally, you have spoken to me today. You have definitely given me a oh, lot yay. of information I needed, and I'd love to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for being with me today and for giving all this information to our listeners. I cannot thank you enough. Well, you're very welcome. I'm honored, and I'm just you know honored to be sharing this information, and I'm, I feel really honored that, that it touched you, so that then I feel really happy. <laughs> oh, good. Perfect. Well, I will be in touch with you. We'll get you back on the show, and we'll do a call-in show, like I said, for all the listeners to call in. Um, Again, I want to remind everyone that they can get in touch with you. Um, If they just went to your coachvaleriegreen.com, they can get in touch with you there, right, if they want to set up, like, an appointment or a session or talk to you or anything like that. And uh, you have a Facebook page? I do, yeah. um, I believe it's just – I, I don't know the link offhand, but if, if you just, <laughs> um, I think it's just forward slash uh, Coach Valerie Green, I Coach think. Coach Valerie Green, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I've got it right here. Yeah, exactly. So awesome. And then they can I contact mean, you. Um, been, oh, and yeah, they can contact you questions online. Too. Perfect. Yeah, yes, okay. I have. Um, I do offer a free session for people that are interested in coaching, and I also have a lot of free um, videos and blogs and all that good stuff. And I'm creating a, a self-study course as well and all this stuff that's affordable to everyone. So free webinars. Oh, cr- yeah, I'm trying to really get this information out to as many women as possible. I love it. We need it. I need it. So <laughs> I'll be taking you up on it. Um, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And just for the listeners, just FYI, I have all of the social media contacts and information you need as well as a YouTube video that I will share on the Facebook page so that you can access all of that and get as much information as possible from Valerie Green because, as you all have heard, she is definitely a wise woman with lots to share and lots of information for us to help us, and certainly in terms of finding lasting love, which we all deserve with ourselves and with our partners. Thank you again, Valerie. I appreciate you so much, and I'll, I'll, be, with, I'll be talking to you soon about getting you back on the show. Uh, thanks again, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Don't miss our show next week. I'm going to have a special guest on again. I'll surprise you on the Facebook page. And remember, January 25th, mm-hmm. Tea Time with Skylar Liberty Rose. Um, I'll see everybody then. Tune in next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central. Exciting. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.